Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here. We are at an exciting venue. We are in Louisville, Kentucky. It is August of 2019, and we are at the ASI International Convention here. This uh, venue brings together people from all over. I'm sitting in the midst of many people working with uh, Native health issues. I am across from the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church Native Ministries booth. I've got another group uh, working on the West Coast who are working with uh, Native health issues behind me. But across from me right now is a special guest, Hilda Lisa Flickinger. Hilda Lisa, it's great to have you with us. Thank you. Good to be here. It was probably about a decade ago, it seems like, that we first crossed paths. Mm -hmm. You and your husband, uh, Eric, were uh, working on the same campus as I was. They had a college there, Weimar College. It's still there in Northern California. And uh, you folks, I think, had joined that extended team around the same time we did. That's right. I remember that. (laughs) And uh, one of the things uh, I quickly learned is that in addition to having a husband, uh, Eric Flickinger, who's really a a teacher at heart, uh, he's lectured all over the world, uh, he had a wife who really had an interest in practically educating people. I I was struck by that when I met you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, uh, so with my nutrition background, I... uh, quickly um, saw the need, you know, on how I could come alongside my husband, and he was doing some lectures, and I was able to also help some people with health information. So tell us a little bit about your medical or health background. Okay. Uh, I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and I have a specialty in nutrition support, so I'm a nutrition support clinician, and basically that is... um, a nutrition specialist that deals with the critically ill. So often patients who are in intensive care, maybe they have IV nutrition or intravenous nutrition or tube feedings or more specialized nutrition too. So when I think of a discipline where someone really has to know nutrition, I think of that field because these people, some of them are not eating anything by mouth. You've got to make sure all the nutrients that they need are coming through that intravenous solution, right? Right. So a lot of calculations, and mm. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Now, the, the fascinating thing to me, you know, because a lot of our, our listeners are tuning in, they say, well, you know, Hilda Lisa would be a, a nice lady to know if we end up in the intensive care <laughs> unit, but we hope we never need her services. But what's amazing to me is you have this high-powered nutritional training. You've worked in hospitals, intensive care units, and you've transitioned. You've taken those nutrition skills, and you're using them especially in the home. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. (laughs) Well, in addition to that uh, very specialized experience, I did a lot of uh, nutrition counseling for Mm -hmm. outpatients, and not just patients who were in the intensive care unit, but my background is is a little wider than that, too. (laughs) Um, But yes, now I am a mom, and uh, of course, I have to feed feed my family. So um, I can put a lot of the practical information on how to do that. Um, so it's not just... 
in a hospital, but we all have to eat. And we want, especially our families, our children, to have the best healthy nutrition that we can give them. Well, and that's what we want to talk about on this segment of American Indian Living. We have thousands of people tuning in today, no doubt, that have young families. They may be grandparents that have grandchildren that are interested in growing up healthy. They may be caregivers uh, for even older individuals in the home, elders. And people are saying, what are the best foods? Especially, you know, today we've also got to think of the economics of, uh, of food. You know, some people on limited budgets, they're thinking, well, we can't eat very well because the inexpensive foods are the ones that people say we shouldn't eat. You know, they think the fast food restaurants are the cheapest way to go. Help us sort through some of this. So talk to a, a family, whether they're on a reservation, whether they're in an urban setting. What kind of food choices should a mother or a father uh, or a grandparent be prioritizing when they're feeding their family? Well, um, you know, a lot of times we we think that it's cheaper to eat fast food. However, um, they've done studies and they've done the numbers, and it's uh, it could get expensive if you're eating out all the time. Uh, not only that, but you really have no choice on what you're putting in your body or what wow. you're feeding your family. Um, whereas if you go more the natural way, it's uh, relatively inexpensive. If you think that you pay for a bag of uh, chips, it's what, $2 something maybe? And okay. um, a pint of strawberries costs about the same thing. Interesting. Um, and you get with the strawberries, you get more bulk that will fill you up, and it's very, very healthy, very good nutrition. So uh -huh. it fills you up, and um, you don't get all the fat and the salt and all the other things that the chips will give you. And you'll end up eating the whole bag of chips and really have no nutritional value there. A lot of folks throughout Indian country have run into me over the last few years. We've been at many Native conferences, and one of the groups has... Uh, been actually in some of those venues giving out copies of a book that I co-authored called 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. And um, it's interesting, like you mentioned, Hilda Lisa, if we look at traditional native eating practices, they weren't smothering their foods with salt. There were no, you know, fast food establishments before European contact here. And people were eating simply lower sodium. And one of the things that in most of the data, I mean, some people want to debate it, but in most of the data, if you want to avoid high blood pressure, one of the things you want to avoid is those, you know, all that sodium, all that salt. And people often don't know it, do they? Right, right. And so what we want to do is maybe move uh, more into eating more of the natural foods as it's grown. Mm -hmm. So when you're buying a lot of the prepared foods, it's more expensive often, and um, you're getting a lot of the sodium and the things that are going to predispose you for the blood pressure, for the diabetes, for obesity, um, and all that. So um, I think one of the best advice that I can give is to move more towards foods in their natural state, mm -hmm. pretty much. You mentioned diabetes. I know not only are you still making a difference in your home, you've got a couple of younger children, you've got a husband that you're uh, cooking for, 
but you're also doing things in your community. You're based in the uh, College Dale, Tennessee area, is that right? That's right. And do I understand correctly, not long ago you helped with a community uh, diabetes education series? Yes, that's right. It was a reversing diabetes seminar, and it was very interesting. We had a lot of participants who didn't really know this information, and you would think that is common sense, but people don't know. And it's very simple things. Uh, things like, you know, go for a walk, a 10-minute walk after your meal. Mm. Those things made such a difference in these people. Another thing that was that made a huge difference in the participants I was the closest with, it was their drinks. Okay. Um, so we were encouraging them to drink water uh-huh. because water is the best drink. It has no calories. It has, you know, it's going to keep you hydrated. And uh, just by making a simple change of changing what they were drinking mm-hmm. um, to just water, uh, they were able to lose weight and they were able to manage their their blood sugars much easier. That is tremendous. And so you're using these same principles in your home. You're not giving your kids soft drinks when they get up in the morning? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> so when do they get to have the soft drinks? Never. <laughs> okay. So listen to a nutritionist. I mean, if you really want to be healthy, those that we don't have them in our house either. That's right. Uh, And I've been shocked over the years. I mean, some of the listeners have probably heard me tell some of these stories, but I've been shocked to see patients of mine who will say, hey, I'm not going to use those soft drinks anymore. And it's crazy. I mean, the kind of um, the kind of changes, I mean, some of them, you know, losing 30, 40, 50 pounds or more. Just by getting rid of the soft drinks, it's totally amazing. It's amazing. That's right. Um, And, you know, it's such a simple change. And if you think about it, talking about finances, how much does water cost? Not much or free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, you're going to save money and you're going to save your health, too. So I'm getting this message, eating more of these natural, simple, natural foods. I'm kind of reading between the lines. It's more of the plant-based foods that that you're recommending? Definitely plant-based. Okay. Um, you know, you, you've heard all about why, how you want to have more fruits and vegetables and less processed meats or processed foods. So the more plant food you go, you put in your, in your diet, the better it's going to be for your health. So let's come back to diabetes. There's a lot of discussion in different places. You know, people say, you know, what's the worst food for diabetes? And some people, you know, historically have said, well, it's the, it's the sugar, it's the sweets. And other people talk about the fats, especially the animal fats. You've worked in the real world with people. Do you notice certain foods that when people leave out, they have dramatic improvements in their diabetes? Um, well, definitely the animal foods and the dairy. Mm. Um, if, when you leave those cells or significantly, significantly cut those down, that makes a high impact. And there's been a lot of, as you know, some research um, that shows that when you go on a plant-based diet, you're able to reverse your diabetes, your type 2 diabetes, and be able to control it without medications. Um, so, yes, I would say move towards a plant-based diet. 
and not just a, a plant-based diet, but a healthy plant-based diet. Okay. Um, you know, because you can, if you do a lot of the refined carbohydrates, like white rice and white bread, mm. yes, that's plant-based, but it's not the best. So the best would be the whole grains, and um, that has the whole the fiber that's going to help you control your your blood sugars. So think of the whole corn or the whole wild rice or the the whole bean. Right. 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 So let's bring this back home. So of course you can help people, and you have helped many people, whether it's in your public lectures or whether it's uh, in your work as a dietitian one on one, but Bring it back to the home and the kids. You know, one of the discussions we often hear is, well, I'd love to feed my children better, but they don't like these uh, healthy foods. <laughs> First of all, how old are your children? Uh, my children are 10 and 12. So is it safe to say they mainly want to eat uh, hot dogs and French fries? Is that the kind of stuff they're looking for? No. You know, I found that the more they eat something, the more they like it. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> and... Um, you know, if you're feeding them at home, don't give up if they say, I don't like this. Mm. You know, maybe try it a different way, cook mm. it a different way. Offer it many times because people develop a like for what they eat. Mm. And I found that at home. You know, at first, I don't know, I don't remember. I guess avocado was one thing okay. that my son didn't like uh -huh. at first. And I just, you know, left it up for a few days, maybe uh -huh. a few weeks. I reintroduced it. Uh -huh. This is when, when they were smaller. Uh -huh. Reintroduced it, maybe a little uh, different way. Uh -huh. And he developed a liking for it, and now he's just fine with it. Okay. Um, so don't give up and um, get creative with how you reintroduce a food for your kids. Now, I know you keep pretty close to home. I know your husband's on the road a lot. But let's say someone says, boy, I'd love to benefit from the teaching ministry of the Flickingers. I know your husband does a lot with uh, Bible instruction. He's a pastor and teaches a lot of practical uh, topics in that line. Is there a way to get a hold of Eric, if not you? Yes. Um, well, you can reach out to It Is Written Ministries, and um, you can reach us that way. Okay, so it is written. Is that just itiswritten.org? Is that does that work? Yes, that would okay. work. <laughs> Hilda Lisa, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. You've given a lot of practical pointers for folks who are tuning in to help their kids, help their families, help their communities. Hilda Lisa has to step away, but I want you to stay by. We've got a lot more great guests that we're interviewing here from ASI 2019 in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We've got more coming up on this edition of American Indian Living. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I am Dr. David DeRose. We started the show with the insights of a mother who is a nutritionist. We are actually switching gears now to someone else who's making a difference in the lives of many, many people. Her name is Jean Marie Smith. She's a doctor of naturopathy. Jean Marie, it's great to have you with us. Thank you. Jean Marie, you have joined me on the show before. Uh, one of the things, um, actually, that, that you inspired me with is the connection between dress, how we dress, and our health. Yes. This is not on most people's radar screens. It's true. That's why I felt the need to write the book. When I wrote a book on blood fluidity, just came out this year, called The Methuselah Factor, I did include uh, some material. Uh, nothing as detailed as you, but speaking about some of these connections that you shared on our show, because a lot of people, like I said, not on their radar screen at all. Mm-hmm. Today, we want to speak about something different. I know it's a passion that you have. It's about something, an area of the brain that we call the limbic system. As we get started on this, can you just maybe give us a, a brief overview of what this system is involved with? Our brain stores many things. Much information is stored in our brains. Yes, it's true. What we learn in school is stored there, hopefully. But also, our emotions are stored in our brains. Not only the emotions that we think and feel today, but the emotions that we have thought or felt in our past. Hmm. Not only uh, if we're adults during our adulthood time, but also from our childhood. Even the emotions that our mothers went through while they were carrying us in their wounds. We have many emotions stored in our brains, and they're stored in an area of the brain called the limbic system. Now, the limbic system also has quite, uh, quite close connections, uh, from my understanding, with the sense of smell. Is that true? That's one of, the, one, of the, one of the senses that inputs into the limbic system. What is so interesting to me about this is many times I've met people, and they've said, when I smell that certain thing, 
uh, it uh, brings back memories of, you know, where I was when I was a, a child, or it reminds me of such and So this is all these limbic system connections, these emotional connections that involve the sense of smell. What else? What other inputs are involved? Yes. There are also emotional memories. For example, let's say you see a, a beautiful sunset, and you feel warm, loving feelings because you think of when you're on your honeymoon and you saw mm. a beautiful sunset when you were with your spouse. Then there's the converse side of that, too. For example, uh, you're driving in traffic and someone cuts you off and you end your happy flight of feelings and you become angry and you lay on the horn and there are words that you maybe don't use day to day that come out of your mouth and you're extremely angry and irritated and you're ready to chase that person and okay, run them off okay. the road. Now, the thing is, is that this doesn't come out of a vacuum. If you've ever been in a car accident before or if you've ever felt fear, let's say in your childhood you were bullied, then it will come out in your adulthood through your memories because our brain generalizes those memories. So it may not be the exact same situation, but it will be applied with the same feeling of emotions to, a, to another situation. So what's so fascinating about this subject is you have been working with patients. You actually see clinical patients, right? Yes. And they come to you with all kinds of problems. Is that safe to say? Yes. Is, is it fair to call you a, a general practitioner in the naturopathic realm? Do you have people come with high blood pressure and diabetes and all those kind of conditions? Yes. Okay. So I'm asking you these simple <laughs> yes or no questions, but when these folks come you're not treating them as conventional clinicians do. Well, what I find, for example, that it's not always what you're eating, it's what's eating you. Mm. Uh, I work a lot with patients who have high blood pressure or what their doctors call hypertension. And many of them are what, what their physicians call a physician's nightmare because there are many different types of medication. They're constantly changing their doses and they're not able to get a good, steady, consistent reading. Mm -hmm. These individuals come to me, well, maybe I just need to change my diet, or maybe I just need to exercise more. Well, yes, that's very important to do that. But many times it doesn't solve the issue because it's not getting to the root of the problem or the real cause of the problem. So what I do is I teach my clients how to get to the root issue or the reason that their body is reacting in this particular way. Why is their blood pressure going up and staying up? So... Are you finding that many of these people need to focus on this limbic system? I'm finding that if they ignore it, it will be most of the time to their detriment. So one of the uh, structures that is involved in this limbic system is called the amygdala. Tell us about this and the kind of work that you've been doing lately. Well, let me just repeat the word because it's many times a new word for individuals. The amygdala is actually spelled Amy G. Dalla, and it's a Latin word, amygdala, and it means almonds. And it's a formation in our brain that looks similar to the shape of almonds. And so this is an area where there are what I would call traumatic memories stored. Hmm. And so the reason why we all know we have an amygdala is when you have that surprise reaction, let's say that you um, were sleeping and you heard you are awoken by a very loud noise. Mm -hmm. And what happens is then you will start to have perhaps uh, the loud noise, perhaps what you cause you to get afraid. 
and the door slam, let's say, and you're anticipating a robber in your house and your heart starts to beat really fast and your blood pressure goes up and you're, you're ready to jump out of bed and run to the front door and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's all stored in the amygdala, these memories that cause you to respond or over-respond sometimes. Yes, and it's very important. For example, it's a typical story of a little toddler, two years old, who mommy says, don't touch the hot stove or don't touch the hot iron, but they want to, they're exploring, and so they touch it, and oh, that hurt, and they're crying and all. And so what happens then is that's stored in our amygdala so that when we're older and hopefully a little wiser, we don't start doing that again. Mm-hmm. And then we can apply it also to other similar situations. For example, we've learned to have a concern about something that's too hot. So we're careful when we're cooking on the stove or baking in the oven. We're careful when we're outside cooking on the grill, for example. So the amygdala has protective functions, but if we're not um, mindful, if I could use the word, maybe that's not, not the best word to use, but if we're not attentive to it, it can have some destructive things that are encoded in it. Absolutely. So how do you heal someone's amygdala if they've got traumatic memories. Is this the kind of work that you're doing right now? I do a lot with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder because there are many individuals, like I said, they will have physical symptoms, whether it's a high blood pressure, whether it's digestive issues. And so they come to me and they want to feel better. But yet it's interesting because some of them will just focus on that and they won't even understand that there's something going on in their brain that's affecting that physically. However, I have some other clients who come to me and They have health issues physically, but usually the first question they ask is, how do I get rid of all the pain in my heart? Mm. This is what ladies usually tell to me, tell, Mm -hmm. ask me. But then I have some male clients that will say the same thing. Uh, I have a group of Vietnam veterans. They say, how do I stop the nightmares? Mm. So you're having success in helping these people? Fabulous success. So what do you do? Well, I have a different approach than any naturopath I know, um, what I do is I talk to them about the roots of illness and we dig deep. Mm -hmm. Just as you can cut off the branches, but the tree is still there. Just as you can chop down the tree, uh, but if the roots are still there, the problem, the tree will still grow. The, Mm -hmm. The shoots will still come out. If we don't get to the roots, then the health issue and the emotional issues can still stand. So what I teach is to go to the depths, and that is to take the current situation and to start doing a heart searching, so to speak. Hmm. Why why am I thinking this way or feeling this way? What is behind this? What's going on in my heart? What's going on in my mind that I'm conscious of? And then we start looking back to, to pa- things in their past that have a similar flavor. For example, let's say that there is someone who, a woman who's being abused by her husband. And she's got a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of fear. But when we start looking at her past, perhaps she grew up the same way, where she had a father that was abusive. And perhaps it could be then going back several generations. Her mother lived like that. And then you look at the grandmother, and you go back, and you go back, and you see a whole family line Mm. of generational issues. And so it's no wonder they had generational health issues as well as generational emotional issues. But what I have found is that we, not only do we need to identify the root issues, but then we have to learn how to get better. Mm -hmm. Now, there's no pill that Mm -hmm. I know that you can go and take and feel better. There's no exercise program that will completely change the amygdala. In our brain, we are not able to change the structures 
A hundred percent. Yes, we can change our thoughts and change our feelings. And there are individuals who work with practitioners that do this to a degree. But what I'm finding in my practice is that if the pressure is strong enough, they still will cave into that old reaction. Mm. So I teach the power of prayer that by connecting with the creator God, he will help us to be so transformed that that brain will actually be recreated. Wow. Well, I know some folks are saying, boy, this is getting really exciting and we should have Jean Marie do a whole hour. We don't have that, but uh, we do have this. We have contact information for you. I'd like you to give that out because some people want to hear more. Other people, they say, I, I don't know where, where to go from here. Help us out. Where can someone get more information? Yes. Um, I'm available at womeninthesanctuary at gmail.com is my email. Womeninthesanctuary at gmail.com. You can also find me or contact me through mountainrefugeministries.com. That's mountainrefugeministries.com. Great. Jean Marie, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Jean Marie Smith, Doctor of Naturopathy, thank you for the work you're doing. You're welcome. We will be back with more on American Indian Living after this. Don't go away. Another great guest coming up next. I'm Dr. DeRose. Stay tuned. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. 
Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here at the venue of ASI, the International Convention, being held in August of 2019, Louisville, Kentucky. That's where we're at, and we're talking with people from all over the country, all over the world, who are making a difference as far as whole person health. Across from me, Costin Jordash. He's the director of communications and the news editor for a periodical called The Adventist Review. The Adventist Review, although it may not have had that name for its uh, its whole lifespan, has been around for a long time, hasn't it, Costin? Yeah, in fact, this year we're celebrating 170 years, 1849, July of 1849, the first edition was printed. That is amazing. 170 years. 70 years. Wow. Now, folks uh, throughout Indian Country, many of you know the name of Seventh Day Adventists. When I'm at the National Congress of American Indians, when I'm at uh, 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 National Indian Health Board meeting, we've had booths uh, funded by the Seventh Day Adventist Church. You may have had a health screening funded by this uh, this group of uh, of Christians who really are trying to help people across cultural lines. So many folks know about Seventh-day Adventist Kostin, but many still don't. And um, in Indian country, you probably know this as well as anyone, uh, there are some people, they warmly embrace Christians, Christian values. They've uh, uh, been raised in a Christian home, perhaps. Others, because of some of the traditional associations with Christianity, colonization, oppression, it's the last thing on their radar screen that, that they uh, that they have any favorable uh, inclinations toward. You're doing something interesting at the Adventist Review. You're not only educating Seventh-day Adventists about whole person health, spiritually, mentally, and physically. You're providing resources, and they're not just written resources. They're, they're video content that are helping people across the spectrum. I thought as we're going into this segment that people in Indian country would like to know about some of the exciting health things that you're doing, putting out there as content. Tell us a little bit about some of the projects you have going on that anybody can uh, take advantage of uh, if they've got an Internet connection, right? Sure, absolutely. First of all, we run uh, two magazines, primarily Adventist Review, mm-hmm. and the second one called Adventist World. Okay. And the, the websites are quite easy, AdventistReview.org and AdventistWorld.org, and each of those have rich content dealing with a number of different topics and certainly health being one of the one of the major ones uh, in fact adventist world allows for a category search and all one has to do is hit health and then mm. you have all these articles on health for instance we just finished covering the third uh, annual global health and lifestyle conference in southern california in loma linda california and our team was able to churn out eight to ten articles of all of the major keynotes presented there and some of the very specific seminars that we're dealing with some very, very cutting-edge research uh, in areas of, of sleep, in areas mm. of mental health, in areas of caffeine consumption. Okay, uh, these are okay. some, some, of the, some of the bleeding-edge researchers and physicians within the Seventh-day Adventist Church that are grappling with some of these issues. And what we try to do is capture those bits of research and those presentations and share them with the world at large so they could benefit from them as well as those who attend these global health conferences. I love this because the big challenge, of course, that we have in medicine is not just doing the research, not just getting the data, but it's actually communicating it to a lay audience and making it practical. And so basically, you've got your experts there sitting in the meetings, distilling the stuff, and then you're right there with the presenters. So if there's a question, you can interface with that individual. 
Were you there yourself? I was not. I had a, a large team there, okay. but I missed out on this one, and the good thing is it's an annual event, so I hope to be at the very next one. Okay, very good. You've done something else. Um, in fact, I've seen, uh, I think, a, a clip or two where you've got some guy, and, I mean, he looks like, uh, well, I mean, his skin is blue. <laughs> where did you find somebody like that? <laughs> so so this is, uh, this is you're referring to the show called Icky Free Kids. Icky Free Kids. It's a, it's a health-oriented show for kids. And one of our own team members, Jared Thurman, who is very adventurous, very adventurous, decided that he would sign up for the role of becoming the blue guy that is supposed to sort of embody, personify disease okay. and, and, and unhealthy decisions and mm-hmm, choices. Mm-hmm. So he's literally blue, not only his outfit, but his hair and his skin is painted blue. And he goes into these classroom environments and he tries to talk the kids in these primary school classrooms into making poor choices from a health perspective. We're trying to give you visibility here on a show that's designed to help people be healthy. And you actually got a show where you're trying to talk to kids about being unhealthy? Absolutely. We, we, we try to pitch to them that they ought to eat junk food as, as much as they can. Absolutely no sunlight because that's really just a, a poor choice. And here's what makes the show interesting. Yeah, tell me. The kids argue back. Okay, and they know that's the ground rules going into Absolutely. this. Absolutely, they they know that their their job, as only kids can do, mm-hmm. is to argue back with the blue guy. Okay, um, it, it to say this is absolutely ridiculous. What you're saying is not the way that human beings ought to live, and even as kids, we know that. So it makes the show quite interesting, and it makes a number of very important points regarding health choices from a very humorous perspective. And you can see kind of the blue guy getting knocked down a few notches by these kids who are, number one, quite humorous uh-huh. and, and very insightful, actually. Quite quite profound. Okay, so I, let's say I want to watch one of these episodes. <laughs> I mean, just practically, what do I need to do? Right. So there, there is a, um, uh, a URL, ARTVNow, ARTVNow.com, where you can actually see these on-demand items. Or if you're on Roku, if you're on Apple TV, uh, it's simply Adventist Review TV, Adventist Review TV, and you can see all the Icky Free Kids episodes right there. Okay, so some of our folks, they've got Roku, you know, they've got other uh, devices, and they can go to Adventist Review TV? Adventist Review TV, correct. Okay, I'm getting this down here because I want to make a note of it. Adventist Review, that's the magazine that you represent? Correct. TV. And um, if someone is just uh, on the Internet, they can go to... ARTV, which is Adventist Review TV shortened, so ARTVNow.com. Okay, ARTVNow.com. And there's a wealth of video material there. I know you're you're building more and more options there. Absolutely. Um, So you got me going, though. So I go to (laughs) ARTV, ARTV now. I'm I'm putting this on my smartphone, and it's auto-correcting it for me, which I don't want, of course. ARTVNow.com. I'm interested, Costin, as uh, as someone who produces content. What did you have to do to to uh, to get this thing to work? Did you you have uh, the teacher prepare the students? They like say, "Hey, this blue guy's coming in, and he's going to tell you to uh, um, to eat white sugar as much as you can." And did did they were the kids prepped, or is this just raw? So so here's the thing about working with kids uh, uh-huh. in, in Hollywood. In Hollywood, they always say. 
uh, no kids and no pets. Like, in other words, if you can remove those two variables from any production, then, then you've got a much more predictable format. But working with kids, you can only prep them to a certain degree. And, yes, they are prepped at least to say, look, uh, if, if, a, if a thought comes to your mind in which you can argue with the blue guy, you mm-hmm. know, uh, with disease and with poor choices, then, then go for it. But to a degree, you have to let kids be kids as well. Okay. And so it's, it's, a, it's a mix of preparing them well and then just letting them be kids as well. So I go to our ARTVnow.com, right. and then what am I going to be looking for to watch episodes of this? So there, it's actually quite easy to, to look for different categories. And uh, worst case scenario, there's always a little search bar, and you'll search for icky free like icky free kids. And the episodes of Icky Free Kids will will come up there. Okay, Icky Free Kids. <laughs> Icky now, free some kids. some people are are wondering, Icky was not a word that they learned how to spell in yeah. grade school. I C K Y. I C K Y. That's what I got. Icky, Icky free. free Kids. Yeah, you got okay. it. Okay, and you you think if I get kids watching this, they're going to actually learn something and have a good time? Oh, I th- I, I'm I'm sure some adults will. Well, learn that's what a few that was things. my next question. <laughs> okay, that's my next kids question. Kids will certainly learn, but adults can learn just as just as well. Okay, now I've got to tell you something, okay? Because yeah. my wife and I learned about this uh, this ARTV a while ago, and we got interested in a series that uh, that you've been running called Lineage. Have I got that right? Yeah, Lineage, absolutely. Um, and this really looks at kind of the history of the the Christian Church and some good things and some bad things sure. about it. You know, we talked about some of these mixed feelings in Indian country, but um, what we both appreciate they're they're short. Like you know, what about five minutes each? Absolutely. And uh, if if people are interested in the history of Christianity from I would say a fairly objective uh, perspective, because there was no glossing over some of the bad things that have been done in the name of Christianity. Correct. What was behind that series? Was that a, an idea that that you guys had at the Adventist Review, or was this a, a, an independent production? This this was a partnership with a group in in based in London, England, mm-hmm. and they uh, the the idea originated. Uh, with the environment which we find ourselves in in Western Europe, a very, very secular mindset that dominates culture in Western Europe. And, and uh, the, the members in London, a, a young group of them, said, how can we d- design content that at least starts a conversation hmm. amongst our, our secular friends, mm-hmm. those that may not have a spiritual background? Okay. Right? So they designed Lineage, and of course we, we partnered with them, um, in, in a way that allowed that, that, that secular mindset to understand how Christianity developed. And just mm. as if, just as you've outlined, the good, the bad, and the ugly to a mm-hmm, degree, mm-hmm. right? There are some aspects that we're not proud of as well, but they are part of our history. And then there are some parts that we're actually very proud, that we're able to make a difference around the world with the message of Jesus Christ, of hope and wholeness, mm-hmm. and whole person care, which he very clearly embodied. This is uh, this is tremendous. Now you've got other shows beside that. I know f- some folks are saying um, they like the nature shows that uh, Adventist Review has uh, sure. has gotten behind. Now I don't know that I've I've seen those. Tell us a little bit about what what you're doing in that uh, arena. Beautiful, beautiful series called Animal Encounters, hmm. season one and season two. Okay, Animal Encounters. Uh, follows a group of people who have an interest in animals just as they interact with animals all over the world and they draw lessons out of their engagement with these, with these different kinds of creatures. The last one was shot in Costa Rica. Okay. Absolutely unreal. The, really? The rich environmental, uh, kind of scenery that mm-hmm. you have in mm-hmm. Costa Rica and the plethora of animals that are found there, the, the species that are found there. So yeah, Animal Encounters is, is another 
is another way to engage with, with ARTV, with Adventist Review TV, in a way that uh, is quite interesting, you know, to understand life through, through the, the filter of understanding the animal kingdom. Tell you an interesting story. You might be wondering how this connects with the Adventist Review, but uh, some years ago I was working with a colleague, and um, those folks uh, who know me, if they look at my skin, I look very much white. Uh, he looks very black. And we were working with a tribe, and uh, this was the, the tribal chairperson said, I need you two guys to come to my tribe because my tribe looks just like you. And we're kind of looking at each other. And he goes, yeah, like both you guys. And it's, it was a tribe that was... Um, largely decimated and uh now has you know people that look like you know, they don't yes. look you know typical native um this guy is now one of your authors his name is dr zeno charles marcel wow. and uh, you guys run a regular column that yes. he and a, a dr landless do an answering questions that's all free content right people can can tap into those absolutely at adventistreview.org Costin, you guys are doing uh, great stuff at the Adventist Review. Thanks for putting stuff out there freely, whether it's written content or video content. One more time, is there one simple place people can go to take advantage of your resources? best place to go is AdventistReview.org. Everything else, all the links for everything I've talked about are right there at AdventistReview.org. Costin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. DeRose. We are not done with American Indian Living. We are done with this segment, but we're coming back with more. Another great guest as we wind up today's show. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Do not go away. You don't want to miss our final segment of American Indian Living. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's one 800 775 Four six seven three. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand, and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. <laughs> 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here concluding our show with our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. For those of you just tuning in, we have been recording shows at ASI, the International Convention being held in Louisville, Kentucky. It is August of 2019, and we're talking with people from all over the country, all over the world, who are making a difference, especially with whole person health. A unique person sitting across from me right now, David Grams. David, it is so great to have you with us on today's show. Glad to be here. David, you and I have rubbed shoulders over the years. I've had the privilege of working with your uh, son, who is also an educator. You're actually working in a college setting right now. Tell us a little bit about where you find yourself right now. Yes, I uh, helped found this college 36 years ago. Wow. And I was one of the founding faculty members. It's a small uh, parochial uh, college an hour and a half south of Washington, D.C., and they specialize in training young people to be of real benefit to their communities wherever they go. And in fact, this year we have students from 19 countries. Wow. And they're constantly going out. Like if we have a break, when kids have maybe a spring break or a winter break, our kids will be involved in a mission program of some kind. Hmm. And some of them are all over the world in doing it. In fact, just a few days ago, uh, a group came back from the Philippines, having been over there for a month, dealing, uh, helping schools, teaching them health principles mm-hmm, in the public mm-hmm. schools in the Philippines, wow. jails, all kinds of things. <laughs> so basically, you're training college-age students to have a vision for a broad range of service. Exactly. Exactly. Heartland College has been around for many years. Like you said, you're one of the founders of it. Um, you're back there now, and it's a relatively new transition back to your old stomping grounds, if you will. It is. It is. How long have you been uh, on the campus this time around? I met the, the president uh, probably two years ago, and we started chatting. And then a year ago, April, uh, my son and I came out to the board meeting. And then uh, just a year ago, uh, in July, I uh, came out here. So I'm starting my second year uh, working there, uh, technically as a retired person. <laughs> okay, okay. So here's the, the deal. I think a lot of people would say today, whether they're on a reservation, whether they're in an urban setting, uh, that one of the groups that are the most challenging are individuals. And I, I don't want to say this is something new currently, but challenging with our, our youth, our young adults, how to keep them engaged, how to give them counsel that keeps them focused on things that we would say are going to have a lasting impact. Exactly. So many things in our culture today are so entertainment-oriented, so focused on just having a good time right now, that a lot of times I hear the frustration from parents and grandparents. You know, it's hard to get yes. our, our kids focused on, on something that's really going to be sustainable, provide for a livelihood, help other people, give back to their communities. Yes, indeed. And, you know, that's the thrill 
when you see young people so enthused mm. about being, well, maybe some people could relate to this term, Peace Corps workers. Okay. You know, the United States started the Peace Corps many years ago, and it was such a blessing uh, to people all over the world. And in essence, our students are Christian Peace Corps ambassadors, mm. not just for the United States, but for the wonderful Christian message that Jesus Christ left with us many years ago. And, and these young people are real, and they, they know how to help people, how to live better, how to eat better, how to enjoy a, a true recreation that leaves you blessed instead of drained. It's just an incredible experience. Now, people that know ASI realize that these are uh, Christian organizations here that are making a difference. Some of them, you know, focused on helping specifically in Indian country, others of them more, more broadly. But my interest in these shows is to speak to people who may or may not have a, a Christian worldview, as well as those that do. And so what we're looking at, what I'm looking at, David, today, as we're talking about Heartland Institute, sure, it's possible someone's listening today. They've never heard of Heartland. They're looking for a small Christian college that's going to teach practical skills. Uh, but others have no interest in ever sending a student to, to Virginia for such a training. But we still can share some practical lessons. Now, here's where I'm going with this. Heartland is different than many schools because in addition to having a college there, you also have a health center. Exactly. Tell yes. us a little bit about why there's that connection and what that means for the students. We believe that young people uh, working with folks who are, have chronic diseases, that it benefits both. The young people inject a spirit of enthusiasm, exuberance, and care for people who are drained physically and are in trouble. Mm -hmm. And these people who come in with their challenges also teach our young people how to be more empathetic and how to care for those who are less fortunate. And I'll tell you, the interaction is just thrilling. I walk by consistently because right now I'm staying temporarily in the health center. Oh, okay. And I see these young people seated around a table eating with people who are supposed to be really sick mm -hmm. and just ingratiating themselves and becoming friends and walking with these people around campus. And it's a wonderful thing to see. Talk about cross-generational uh, blessings going every which way. It's, it's thrilling. And I think that's the, one of the great benefits of having young people work with people who are facing physical challenges. Now, here's the way I'm connecting the dots, David. So people are listening today from all over Indian country. There are folks that are tuning in, and they're hearing something. Again, you're doing it in a Christian context, but for our broader audience, I don't think that is the key message that I want them to take away from what we're talking about because what you're telling us is that if we plan our schools to have a connection with people who are in need, this tends to inspire students with a spirit of service regardless of what the motivation is, whether it's it's helping people, you know, who are from their tribe, whether it's it's giving back to the elders who, you know, gave to them. Uh, I love this concept. So you are you requiring the students to actually work in the healthcare setting? How does this work? 
that's a great, great summary, really, of what we what we do there. Mm-hmm. Our students, particularly the health majors, uh, will will spend time in the health center. Okay. Not every student that goes there has to necessarily be trained at the health center. I mm-hmm. mean, we have a lot of other practical training mm-hmm. in agriculture and and, uh, and reaching out to the community in other ways. But I'll tell you, this health bridge is so beneficial. Whether someone, we had someone just recently come who, had, who was, everybody, they said she was a spiritualist even. Uh, at least she was real big into new age kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And she loved it there because our students are welcoming regardless of what the background is of the person who comes. So they just know they're sick and, and they want to help them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's been the great benefit because you don't have to be a Christian to be benefited by our students. <laughs> so basically for folks in the, the DC area, if they're listening to this show, you have a, a facility there about an hour and a half outside of Washington, DC, right. where uh, folks can come if they've got serious health issues, maybe. Yeah, diabetes or yes. problems with their blood pressure, weight control issues. Indeed. And they can actually live in your facility and get personalized treatment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only do you have uh, licensed medical staff, but you also have students that are working with the patients. Yes. And um, encouraging the patients, walking with them, doing things with them. And you're seeing this as having some profound benefits on both the patients and the students. Absolutely. It just warms my heart to just see them there together, either walking or sitting at a table uh, eating, or they might be doing a little chat time with them. Uh It's wonderful. Folks are getting inspired about the vision. Maybe uh, they want to send a student to Heartland. Maybe they or a patient, they're thinking of coming, or maybe they just want to learn a little bit more. They want to do something similar on their reservation. They want to get one of their uh, native colleges connected with a health institution more uh, integrally. Are they welcome to call you or contact Anybody. you? Anybody. I'll tell you right off the top of my head here, we just uh, had this. I would suggest heartland.edu, our website. Heartland, that's H-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, dot E-D-U. Okay, I'm writing it down here. Heart, not like the heart that beats. No, no, it's H A R T. H A H A R T L A N D. Yep. Dot edu. Dot edu. And if I go there, I can get all kinds of information. All the information, contact information. Uh, You would be blessed. Anybody who did that, they really would. David Grams with Heartland Institute in Virginia. Thanks again for joining us. This has been a great privilege, Doctor Dearman. And thank you, everyone, who's tuned in today for this edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.